This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that roots through the garbage of history to find old stories worth salvaging. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're talking about the time when a ship full of trash took a months-long cruise through the Gulf of Mexico and convinced the world that recycling might not be such a bad idea. The day was March 22, 1987. A barge carrying nearly 7 million pounds of trash set sail from Islip, New York, and spent the next five months looking for somewhere to dump it. The barge, known as Mobro 4000, was towed by a tugboat called Break of Dawn. The boat was captained by Duffy St. Pierre and was bound for Moorhead City, North Carolina, where its cargo, more than 3,000 tons of New York garbage, would be used in a trial program to turn trash into energy. However, by the time the barge arrived at its destination, North Carolina had backed out of the deal, leaving the fully loaded barge adrift with nowhere else to go. Over the next several months, the barge was towed to five other states and three foreign countries, but was turned away every time. The mastermind behind this doomed endeavor was an entrepreneur named Lowell Harrelson. He was in the construction business at the time, but with the energy crisis of the 1970s still fresh on everyone's mind, he was looking for a way to expand into alternative energy. While researching the subject, he hit upon the notion of converting trash into a source of fuel. It was a sound idea, because as anyone with a compost pile knows, when organic waste decomposes, it emits a gas called methane, which can be used to produce power. This means that, in theory, if you had a large enough pile of garbage, you could produce a ton of methane, turn it into electricity, and then sell that to the energy grid of a power-hungry city. Decades later, landfills do produce energy that way, but in the late 1980s, it was a new and largely untested idea. Harrelson knew there was money to be made, but in order to get his hands on it, he would first need to source a whole lot of garbage. He had heard about New York City's dwindling landfill space, so he figured that would be the perfect place to buy some excess trash. He eventually worked out a deal with Salvatore Avellino, a local mob boss who happened to control the trash hauling business in Long Island. Next, Harrelson found a landfill in North Carolina that was willing to accept the trash and let him capture the methane that it generated. Everything was falling into place, and the last obstacle remaining was to find a way to transport that massive amount of garbage that he needed. Sending a huge pile of trash to a different state wasn't a new concept. New York City's landfills were just about full in the 1980s, so the city had started paying other, less populous states to take its garbage, including North Carolina. However, sending the trash by barge, that was new. In the preceding years, the city had only hauled garbage out of state by truck, but Harrelson found that it was much cheaper by volume to use a barge instead. And so, with all the arrangements made, 
Harrelson's 20-foot-high pile of garbage was finally ready to set sail on March 22, 1987. The voyage was novel enough that the press reported on it, and spectators even turned out to watch the barge make its way down the coast. Harrelson had saved money by hiring a barge instead of a fleet of trucks, but he hadn't considered the optics. The more the public saw of a massive barge laden with garbage, the less they liked the idea of it being unloaded in their town. Pretty soon, rumors began to swirl that the barge contained medical waste and other hazardous material, and a photo showing a bedpan tucked in the pile further fueled the controversy. By the time the barge reached North Carolina, residents had already started complaining to their state officials. They were too late to stop the barge from docking, but they succeeded in getting a court order that blocked the trash from being unloaded anywhere in North Carolina. To get away from the public eye, Harrelson instructed Captain Duffy to take the barge out to open ocean and to drop anchor there until he could figure out what to do next. Eventually, other states agreed to let the barge unload, but everywhere it went, angry crowds numbering in the thousands were waiting to turn it away. That's the way it went in Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas. In between those rejections, the barge was followed overhead by a helicopter, and footage of the debacle was played on the nightly news. Reporters and newscasters lampooned the barge at every turn, leading to a host of colorful nicknames, including the Flying Dutchman of Trash, the Barge to Nowhere, the Floating Hot Potato, and of course, the Gar Barge. At one point, Hoping to put an end to the controversy, the EPA was called in to inspect the trash. Officials donned protective suits and breathing masks, but in the end, they didn't find anything toxic. Just your basic garbage. But by then, it was too late. The barge had become a symbol of America's trash problem, and no one wanted to be seen as complicit by allowing that symbol to come ashore. In fact, even though Harrelson never tried to send the barge to a foreign country, Three independent nations, Mexico, Cuba, and Belize, sent out their defense forces to make sure the barge didn't wander too close to their docks. One NBC reporter described the encounter with Mexico and Cuba by saying the barge had been, quote, chased away by the warplanes of two nations. After several months at sea, and after wasting a fortune's worth of fuel, the Gar Barge simply turned around and went right back where it came from. It returned to New York Harbor on June 17th, having logged roughly 6,000 miles at sea, all the way to Central America and back again. The barge remained floating in the harbor for another month and a half, while state officials debated what exactly to do with it. Duffy St. Pierre, the captain of the barge's tugboat, later put the legal wrangling in context. He explained, quote, By that time, we had so much bad publicity. They were saying Jimmy Hoffa was buried in the barge, and it was carrying nuclear waste, and you name it. So they didn't want it. They wanted us to get out. Eventually, a deal was struck that allowed the barge to unload in New York City. Its cargo was incinerated in Brooklyn that August, and on September 1st, the first truckload of ash from that waste was buried at the landfill in Islip, the very place from which the garbage had originated. 
The embarrassing saga continued to generate national headlines and news reports for weeks to come. Dan Rather called it, quote, the most watched load of garbage in the memory of man. Tonight Show host Johnny Carson also got a lot of mileage out of the story, especially once an enterprising mail-order company began selling packets of actual garbage, allegedly sourced from the infamous barge. The company advised interested customers to get their orders in fast, because, quote, the cockroach eggs are starting to hatch. Carson later opened one of the packages on the air to see if it really was full of trash. Here's how that went. It's called Garbarge, and you can cost, what, ten bucks? Ten dollars. And it gives you on the back, it shows you the, the story of the barge. The story of the barge and where it went, and is there really garbage in here? That's what they say, it smells. <laughs> Open it up. Meatloaf. <laughs> Nearly 40 years later, America's efforts to dispose of or recycle its trash have improved by leaps and bounds, but there's still a long way left to go. For example, New York City now sends about 23,000 tons of garbage out of the city every day, the equivalent of seven Mobro barges. The mantra seems to be out of sight, out of mind but that approach can only work, or appear to work, for so long. And that's what makes this ridiculous barge story worth remembering. It's a reminder that refusing to deal with a problem doesn't mean it will just float away. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Definitely drop me a line if you know where I can get my hands on one of those souvenir trash packets. I know I've got plenty of perfectly good trash at home, but it's not nearly as historic or well-traveled. So if you've got any leads, let me know. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. <laughs> 